0: Well, Kyle Nedner here with another edition of our Preps podcast, joined by Logan Hunt of the Mick Network. And Logan, we are into a regional week officially now, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. It's uh, freezing cold as we uh, record this today, so I'm hoping for a little bit better weather on Friday. I uh, always feel like this time of year, uh, I'm about ready to turn the page to basketball <laughs> and get inside, but uh, at least... Uh, uh, we've got some really heated matchups coming this week, and, and should be a lot of fun. And I wanted to actually start this week in in five A because that is a game that you know I'm looking forward to. I think people, you know, this weekend I talked to a lot of people kind of about just in general was at, out at some different stuff this weekend, and a lot of people who aren't even connected with Cathedral or New Pal are excited about going to this game and being there at New Pal on Friday night. Uh, you've got the number one team in New Pal in five A. Cathedral's kind of been up there all year. Playing a tough schedule and then and then have really played well here in the tournament. And I covered that game, that sectional championship game, Friday night, Decatur Central uh, Cathedral at Arlington. And Arlington and uh, Cathedral won that game forty-two to twelve. And I uh, was never really in doubt. They hit some big plays early in that game, and uh, kind of ran away with it. Never got to the running clock, but it was pretty. It was kind of on the edge of that all night. And then uh, New Pal of course, rolled over Franklin. Uh, kind of a not surprising outcome there. Uh, Franklin just could not stop New Powell and, and had trouble uh, moving the ball in them as well. But it kind of sets up this matchup that you know we've been talking about all year. Kind of a matchup that. You know, I think a lot of fans have been looking forward to and maybe early on we didn't realize Cathedral was quite as, as strong as they've become uh, and they've really become that team I think that can challenge New Pal and, and give them a good game on Friday night. They are missing Cam Jordan, their top receiver. He's been out since week 8 uh, with an injury. I talked to him on the sideline a little bit Friday and uh, he won't be available but uh, hopefully he's going to come back for basketball and be able to play baseball and then football next season but he was that over-the-top threat uh, speed-wise, it kind of gave them that different element. They have some other good receivers too, but that's a—they're going to miss him. But I really do think Logan. This can be a really good game Friday night. I think it'll be close, and uh, I think it could be the the kind of the quasi state championship game, really in five A.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, this is the game that we all kind of circled and, and we're looking at when the sectional draw came out, and even before then, we knew there's the possibility of this game happening. We thought. Maybe it was going to happen last year as well. Decatur Central played. Spoiler to that, uh, this year Cathedral uh, got their revenge on Decatur Central. And I, I agree with you. It was it, we knew Cathedral was going to be good, but being this good is something that uh, kind of I do not say caught us off guard, but surprised us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the the level of play that we've seen from the Fighting Irish have, have been have been so strong. So uh, we know that they're going to bring it. Against New Pal and New Pal, I don't want to say they, they, they suffered a scare, but uh, they were tested there with Whiteland, like mm-hmm. like you like you predicted. So uh, we know that we know there, there there's a way that you can play with with New Pal Cathedral. I think has that blueprint. Uh, I I think it is kind of the marquee game and and really feels like the uh, possible state championship game in this class. When I mean, you kind of look to the north, you know there's Valpo, there's Dwanger, but. Uh, these two teams feel like the two best teams in Class
0: 5A. Yeah, what I'm really curious to see on the, you know, really the whole matchup in general, but how, you know, kind of the Cathedral offense stacks up with the Pal defense. I think that could be where the game is decided. And, and watching uh, uh, Cathedral this past weekend... Uh, it was kind of an. It was a cold night. It wasn't windy, but it was cold. It was hard to throw. Warren uh, Edwards not one of his his bigger games. Uh, you know, statistically, I think he was had 100 yards passing and, and played fine. But uh, it was more of a game where he had to run the ball. And then they hit some big plays in the run and the pass game. And uh, Dalen Hall uh, and, and uh, Jake Langdon they kind of they're the thunder and lightning uh, duo for uh, Cathedral. And you know that, that's kind of what Jake and, and uh, Dalen both. Referred to is we bring different elements to the running game. Dalen's more of the speed guy. He's a he's a senior. He's smaller, um, but almost a thousand yards this year and, and a really high uh, yards per carry. And then Jake Langdon, the junior uh he's 606 yards this season and and he ran a 90-yard uh, touchdown uh in the first half up the left sideline and it was a you know kind of showed off his power and his speed he kind of ran away he's a track guy too so it's he's not just a you know just a bruiser but and then Dalen on the I think it was the next drive Dalen Hall goes 80 yards for a, a touchdown so they they really hit some big plays against what's been a good Decatur Central defense and uh kind of got them on their heels a little bit but Kind of goes to show, you know, they're not just you know, Warren Edwards as good as he's been, and uh, and that receiving core, even without Jordan, is really good. But you know, I think goes to show you're going to have to be able to run the ball against New Pal, and I think I'm, I'm curious to see how they fare in that regard against a, a New Pal defense that you know is really really stingy and has not allowed much of anything, at least their first team defense all year long.
1: Yeah, I think New pal's defense gets overshadowed a little bit uh, with with how many points you see the offense put up. But it all kind of starts on a defensive end, and they've done a nice job of of cleaning uh, cleaning the clocks of some of those guys that they face. So uh, that that defense we know is gonna is gonna be tough. And uh, this might be a game where we don't see as many points on the board for both of these teams. It, it could it could be a lower scoring affair, like you mentioned, with it being so cold out as well. Hopefully, warm up a little bit, but we're gonna see. Uh, the run game for both of these teams kind of tested.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to snow or anything on Friday night. I don't. I think it's supposed. Last I saw, it was supposed to be, you know, high in the 40s. But you know, obviously by game time, it won't be that warm. But I think it should be a decent, um, you know, weather night. It'll be played on turf out there at New Pal. Now they have uh, field turf for the last couple of years, so you know, weather, you know, I, it shouldn't be a huge factor. It will be cold, I'm sure, but. I don't think we're going to get, uh, you know, precipitation or anything like that. So I think that's a good thing. Um, but I can't wait for this game because there's going to be so many people out there. And uh, kind of all year, you know, you kind of look at the matchups. And it used to be where, you know, the last couple of years where New had come from the north side of the bracket yeah. – and uh, Decatur last year came from the south, so this would be this would have been the state championship game uh if those teams would have advanced under the the old uh you know f- the the way it was aligned but now it's the realignment has pushed Dupal back to the south and we see this matchup in the regional um you know and, and you know I, I hope it's a i hope it's a great game I think it will be and i i, I think it's hard to pick against uh new pal in this situation just based on you know what they've done, and 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 kind of the way they've beaten Center Grove, which is I think is maybe somewhat of a similar team. Although Cathedral have beat Center Grove also, and and probably throws the ball better uh, than than Center Grove does. So you have to, I think, respect that element maybe a little bit more uh, than you do at this point with Center Grove. But uh, it's a te- it's a game where you know. These are 5A teams, but I really do think they could hang with pretty much anybody in 6A this year.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, these are two uh, – they've turned into programs. It's not just like they're having a good season. New Cathedral has been that way for quite some time, where they've challenged some of the top talent in the state, and and New Pal. Has come along in the last couple years, where they once Kyle Ralph showed up, and, and they really uh, have turned the page and have established themselves. Uh, they have a culture there of winning. They're a program; they're not just kind of a one-off with a couple good years. Uh, this this is a program that's only going to continue to get better.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know Kyle Ralph and Bill Peebles, two of the most respected coaches uh, in the state. If you if you ask uh, coaches who go against them, so should be a lot of fun. You know, you, you haven't even mentioned Charlie Spiegel and that that offense and. and you know, I'm sure they'll they'll rely heavily on Spiegel and, and uh, also Lincoln Roth in the pass game and Maxon Hook, who plays uh, offense uh, when necessary, and and he does he's a huge difference maker for that new pile offense. So that'll be another good matchup: the cathedral or the cathedral defense and how they stack up against the new pile offense. And, I, and cathedral's been good against the run, um, but will be tested, uh, you know, in, in that aspect obviously as well because they're going to see a lot of running. Uh, from the from the Dragons on on Friday night, so uh, really looking forward to that game. And of course, New Pal they have that long, long uh, regular season winning streak. And of course, this does, this is not a regular season game, but they also have a streak of, of sectional titles. And Cathedral saw their sectional title streak broken last year, uh, so they got back to that now and, and have won another one. So they're they're uh, back on track, but uh, should be a great game and and. Uh, at, at New Pile on Friday, so get there early if you're heading out to that one, because uh, I'm sure it's going to be a, a packed house and should be a lot of fun. But and also in, uh, you know, kind of while we're talking about, uh, you know, the five A bracket, uh, Logan, you mentioned Valparaiso. They are at Mishawaka. There are may that maybe that third team, and and we don't cover them down here uh, week to week. But you know, we know Valpo has been in six A in the past and been very good. They're eleven and zero this year. They play a lot of six A teams, so they're kind of lurking out there, kind of maybe have one eye on this New Powell Cathedral <laughs> game. And, and uh, yeah, I'm sure they're happy to be on the opposite side of the bracket. But, you know, you mentioned Dwenger, too. Dwenger is at Harrison. So the north side of that bracket, Valpo, uh, probably the best team. But Fort Wayne-Dwenger, another uh, contender there in 5A. And then the other game in 5A, Floyd Central is at Bloomington South. And uh, probably, uh, you know, New Pallet Cathedral will be, I would think, pretty heavy favorites in that game next week in the semi-state. So you got some... some favorites who have played their way into this and uh, it'll be fun to see how 5A shakes out this weekend.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, so there's some big time matchups now. We finally hit regionals. When you get out of sectional play, you finally start seeing some of these bigger teams facing each other and and uh, like you mentioned, uh, when you have New Pound Cathedral, I mean, it feels like a state championship game. It, it really does. These are two of the best teams, but you know, when you have a team like Valpo and Dwayne, you're kind of there just watching the game, seeing what happens. You never know. You never know, but uh, you got to think Floyd Central and Bloomington South are are feeling like who who's who's playing just to make the semi state. You know, it's kind of like Larry Legend who's playing for second,
0: right? Exactly. Uh, and then one uh, of to mention too, New Powell and Cathedral only played twice in, in their history. New Pal beat them in a 1989 in, in the regional game, and uh, then 2009. And I may have covered that game. I can't remember for sure, but uh, Cathedral beat them handily at uh, North Central. It was a uh, 45 to six in a in a, in a regional game. So. They've only met twice in their history, so they crossed paths for the third time on uh, on Friday night, and again should be a lot of fun. So, uh, Logan, let's move on. Talk a little bit about six A and uh, kind of the matchups, what we saw last weekend. Uh, in those games, and, and again, you know, I, I wrote a little bit about it, but the Mick, you know, flexes its muscle. We talk about them all year, Where's the Mick stand? And uh, granted, that there were some, it was favorable somewhat matchups to get to this point uh, for the Mick. It was kind of spread out a little bit more. They weren't hammering each other as much in the sectional, and you end up with four Mick teams uh, playing this weekend in the regional out of the eight teams still playing. And uh, you saw Ben Davis beat uh, Southport over the weekend, uh, handily 50 to 10, and they will play Zions at Zionsville. Maybe this is one of the more surprising scores of the night. And I was kind of following, you know, as I follow all the games on Friday night as I'm covering other games. And, you know, saw Br- Brownsburg was up 35 17. They're up 41 to 30. And then all of a sudden, I get back up to the press box at Arlington, and it's 44 <laughs> 41. Zionsville victory. And they're like, what the heck happened there? But sure enough, Zionsville 5 and 6, and we talked about them, how they were playing better. Uh, we've talked about them a lot. You know, They almost beat Avon, almost beat Fishers, and it could be kind of a letdown game for Brownsburg after they beat Avon. And now Avon and Brownsburg sitting at home as Zionsville plays in the regional against Ben Davis.
1: Yeah, once again, it's kind of one of those in-conference teams where you have to beat a team twice in in, in the same season. It's always tough to do, and Zionsville was a team that progressively was getting better and better. We said, you know, their record doesn't indicate how good this Zionsville team is. Started out maybe a little slow, but still a lot of talent there with a new coach, and And uh, they were figuring out as they went, and and you gotta love the resilience there. We we talked about uh, Brownsburg finally beating Avon, but Coach Hart saying it didn't mean anything if we don't win the next one. And and sure enough, Zinesville kind of comes in there and and takes care of business against Brownsburg, and what was a very surprising fashion. And uh, the only thing we got right from the regular season podcast is we still don't know who the number one team is in Class (laughs) Six A. We still have no clue who that team is, but these are some teams that are playing real tough and. Uh, I think Zionsville is going to give Ben Davis all they can handle.
0: I was going to ask what you thought about that because you saw Ben Davis play on uh, Friday night, and I don't know what you learned from a fifty to ten win. Uh, Southport was was uh, overmatched, but you know I've heard a lot you know from talking to people who think well Zionsville, you know Brownsburg maybe would have had a chance. Zionsville, we don't, you know maybe they don't, you know. But mm-hmm. but what do you think? I mean, do you think Ben Davis is susceptible maybe to a? maybe its own letdown here uh, going to uh, a Zionsville team that's under 500
1: well the 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 question always is is what Ben Davis team are we going to see are we going to ever see the old Ben Davis team from those first four games show back up we kind of saw it there in the second half against Lawrence Central when they lost but uh, other than that, they they've been rock steady the whole way. They've been blowing out opponents. I mean, they they walked through Parameridian and Southport with ease, as we kind of expected them to. Uh, there wasn't much resistance. But this has been a team that can run the football very well. Their offensive line that just creates just huge huge holes for uh, Hassel to get through, or Cushenberry or Gibson to run through. I mean, some of their guys that are just so elusive in the open space. So they do a nice job, Coach Simmons, of is getting his playmakers the ball in open space and room to work. Uh, That's going to be a tough, tough break for Zionsville if they can limit those big play opportunities that Ben Davis gets because of that. But uh, this Giants team's pretty solid. Uh, It's a team that I don't expect to be tripped up. But I think they can. I think they they're susceptible to giving up some big plays of their own defensively because of how aggressive they are.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's one of those games. Could be, you know, Ben Davis may have some trouble stopping Zionsville at times. I expect Zionsville to score some points, uh, but I also think Zionsville is going to have a hard time stopping Ben Davis. So it kind of comes down to can they turn Ben Davis over a little bit and uh, create some things on the defensive side that that and Ben Davis will, you know, that at times they have turned the ball over yep. when they, when they've lost, but. You know, they've won six out of their last seven games, like you mentioned, and the only slip-up was that Lawrence Central loss that was kind of a head-scratcher, and they, they let a lead slip away in that game. Uh, but otherwise, it's been kind of, uh, you know, and I covered their North Central game late in the year, and, and w- that was as impressive as, as I've seen the Ben Davis team in the last couple of years. So uh, that I, I like this Ben Davis team, I, but I do agree with you. I think uh, Zionsville, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I disagree with people who who have said that. and. So that uh, Zionsville-Ben Davis game will be one to uh, definitely keep an eye on in uh, one regional on the south side of the bracket. Uh, Logan, the other one on the south side is a very familiar uh, matchup, uh, Center Grove against Warren Central, a game we've seen in the semi-state several several times, and uh, we did last year was a great game. Uh, at Warren Central. This game will also be at Warren Central on Friday night uh, in the regional. Center Grove almost uh, pulled that upset last year uh, one step away from uh, Lucas Mm -hmm. Oil Stadium. and uh, It was a close one. Uh, Warren got the better of them. These two teams met in the first game of the season. Uh, I was at that game. It was 21-14. Warren Central won. uh, A game that I felt like Center Grove probably felt like it had a chance to win, if not for some mistakes in that Mm -hmm. one. And uh, so, the, so these teams match up again. Center Grove six and five. Warren Central uh, sitting at eight and three. And, and uh, again, both these teams have really played well uh, in the sectional. Warren knocked out Lawrence North thirty four seven on Friday. Center uh, Grove really hammered uh, Franklin Central forty nine fourteen. Got a, got up really early and uh, just kind of stuck it to the flashes in that one. So. Uh, probably teams we expected to get through and win the sectional. Warren, maybe a little bit easier than we expected. And, and Center Grove, uh, you know, maybe a little bit easier, too, than we expected in their case. So two two teams that always seem to be playing well this time of year. And uh, here we go again for another round of Center Grove, Warren Central.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. Here we go again. These two teams, once the dust settles, who's left? I mean, yeah. Warren Central and Center Grove for a regional title. Uh, the Trojans have had the Warriors number the last couple times when uh, when everything got realigned. I uh, I believe it's 2011-2012 right in there when we when we saw the the different alignments in Center Grove beat Warren Central both of those years in regionals. So, uh this this is a, a Center Grove team that for whatever reason uh has better has be, has had better success against Warren Central in regionals than they have in semi-states, so they're probably happier to see Warren Central now uh than later. But uh, like you said, the Center team maybe did a little bit better than we thought they would in Sectionals. The Center Grove team that started putting up a, a few more points on the board. They're scoring mm-hmm. with some ease, and uh, some of those younger guys are starting to get get more into the offense. They have some guys back from injuries. They, you know, they play such a tough schedule in the front half when you face, you know, Warren Central, New Pal, Carmel, Ben Davis, and you have all these these big big time programs that you're facing in the first couple weeks. Uh, injuries are bound to happen, and it's, it tends to. Hit them uh, early on in the season and get these guys back and start playing real well down the stretch. So that's what we've seen from the Trojans. And uh, the young guys have just matured so much more throughout the season. Uh, Taven Jackson is a guy who's taken, I mean, t- just leaps from where he was at the beginning of the year. Uh, still not not passing the ball as much. In mean, center goal is still they'll go out of the shotgun, but still won't pass. They're still running the football, uh, which they like to do. And why not when you have some really good running backs, kind of led by Daniel Weems back there? So uh, I expect the Trojans uh, to. To really, to, re- to really take it to Warren Central here. Uh, yep. I, I think this is a, this is a Trojans team that uh, probably should have walked away with a victory in Week 1. I know Week mm-hmm. 1 feels like forever ago. The sun was yeah. still shining at <laughs> 7 o'clock then. But yeah. uh, this is a Center Grove team that, that uh, they would have limited their turnovers, definitely would have come away with a victory in that first game. It was a game the Warren Central kind of had to come from behind in. So um, Center Groves going to run the football well. That's what they do. That's who they are. Uh, they always seem, seem to do that well. So, Warren Central is going to have their work cut out for them. That defense has held up for the majority of the year, but it's going to have to uh, kind of work overtime now that you're in regionals.
0: Yeah, one thing to keep in mind that Franklin Central team, of course, they're not you know they don't play a mixed schedule necessarily, but had been pretty good defensively all year. They gave up 301 rushing yards to Center Grove on Friday, and that game was it was 49 to seven at halftime. So it was basically a running clock all second half. Uh, Center Grove's uh, uh, Daniel Weems, you mentioned him. Logan had 118 yards rushing in that game Brandon wheat had 122 on just four carries uh, Connor Delp and, and uh, pitched in as well with 49 of those yards so just a you know big time rushing uh, game and of course we know the center grove defense is good as well uh, I might be with you on that I, I, I but I do think Warren has played well probably better than we expected in the in the tournament as well I thought that Lawrence North game would be closer on Friday and it was not uh, Warren uh, took it to him 34 to 7 and uh, the week before beat a good North Central team who had been playing about as well as anybody later in the regular season uh, 17 to 10 so I expect this will be a defensive uh, type game if Center Grove can establish that run uh Warren has not run the ball great uh much of the year but but uh you know, I think they'll be reliant on that running game as well. So I think it'll just come down to, you know, in the cold, in the in the, uh, the elements on Friday, it's going to come down to who can run the ball, who can stop the run. And, and that's kind of the the thing between these two teams uh, and who makes the fewer mistakes. And Center Grove made more mistakes in that season opening game, mm-hmm. and it cost them in a, in a 21-14 loss. So, I, I see that game as pretty much a toss-up, but I think it'll be uh, be a really good one. Then you look on the north side of that bracket, and, and Carmel, the other Mick team, still playing. They're eight and three, going to Homestead, who's eleven and zero and highly ranked. But I have my uh, doubts uh, mm-hmm. after the Homestead uh, overtime win over uh, Noblesville a couple yeah. weeks ago. I don't I don't know how they'll hold up uh, against Carmel, uh, a Carmel team that uh, again took it to Westfield thirty-five seven on Friday. And, uh, you know, it seems to have turned it on to another level here in the uh, postseason.
1: Absolutely. The Greyhounds are playing much better uh, than they did in the first half of the season. Since that transition to Christian Williams at, quarter- at quarterback, it's really changed the dynamic of that offense. They're starting to get. Uh, more opportunities for Dylan Downing to get into open space. They're starting to get more opportunities for Christian Williams to take it himself now. I mean, they're doing a, a very nice job of balancing that offense, and uh, Williams did a lot of it through the air as well this last couple games. He, he's he's shown his ability to throw the football, and uh, Colton Parker's been a big-time uh, uh, receiver for him as well, kind of the main go-to guy, so uh, you look at the last two games with HSC and, and with Westfield. I mean, it was twenty-eight nothing at one point in that game. Then Carmel kind of lets off a little bit, but uh, the defense is getting it done. We know that Greyhound defense is man, maybe the toughest in the MIC uh, statistically, at least. Uh, they 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 usually. Beat you down pretty bad and, and don't let you get back up.
0: So right. uh,
1: the Greyhounds, I uh, definitely think, would be the favorite against Homestead, especially with kind of the question marks surrounding that program.
0: Luke Goody, the uh, quarterback for Homestead, I think I've talked about him on this before. We had, actually did a podcast with him and a story uh, earlier this season. He's big time basketball prospect and a really good quarterback uh, for Homestead. But I just don't know if they have all the pieces that to to win this game. Of course, they do get the game at home, so that's an advantage for Homestead. Uh, but again, the Carmels done this before. Uh, they've been down this road. They've had to drive, make that drive to Fort Wayne in the past and, and have been just fine. So uh, I expect this will be I, – I think Homestead will – Will I don't think it will be a complete runaway, but uh, I do like Carmel to win that game. And, and, you know, Logan, looking at last week, Christian Williams was a 9-for-9 nine nine passing for 193 yards. So really efficient, obviously, effort from him. And uh, Carmel got up in that game and kind of, you know – didn't have much resistance in the second half, uh, and they held uh, they held a, a pretty good Westfield offense to just 148 yards total for the night. So, uh, really dominating effort against a good uh, Westfield team that was had a good season, uh, but uh, falls falls short in the uh, sectional championship game.
1: Yeah, I mean that that Carmel defense. I think they do they they game tackle better than almost any defense that I've seen. And that's just kind of a, a trademark of the Greyhounds. When you look at their linebacking core, uh, it seems like always you get tackled and you look up and there's five blue or yellow jerseys or whatever paddled up on you. I mean, those linebackers get to the ball so well, led by Ty Wise this year. I mean, those guys just... Just seem to find the ball and get there with ease. So that Greyhound defense is tough. And and going back to Christian Williams going nine for nine, I believe we call that dual threat. Right now, when you can throw <laughs> it through the air and, and use your legs on the ground, I mean the the Greyhounds are tough, man. That the Hound Pound is rolling.
0: I think they'll be at Lucas Oil here in a couple of weeks. The other. Side of uh, not the other side, but the other game on the northern side of that bracket is Warsaw nine and two at Merrillville ten and one. So Maryville, the other team up there that uh, you know has had a really nice season. They're kind of a traditional power uh, that we've seen uh, in in past years, and and they. But again, they, they just barely got by a Crown Point, ten to nine, on uh, in that sectional championship game. So you know, I, I don't know. They beat uh, Lafayette Jeff twenty seven twenty the week before, and Lafayette Jeff had had a really nice season. So uh, you never know. I think we'll, we might see Merrillville Carmel next week on that that half of the bracket, and then uh, whatever happens on the southern half, I think those will be two good games. I, I kind of like Ben Davis and. You know, kind of thinking about it here as we sit here on a Tuesday. I kind of like Center Grove actually uh, to get through that, but we'll see. I, you know, you never uh, never count out Warren Central if they're still playing uh, this late in the tournament.
1: Especially at home, you're returning to the scene of the crime where it happened in semi-state last year. Stopping Center Grove on the one-yard line, I could come down to to a, a last goal-line stance again.
0: What's your so so I you know kind of wrote about and we've talked about the Mick a lot this year. and You see a lot of Mick games, obviously working for the Mick Network. I mean, what do you think this tournament kind of solidifies again the 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 power of the Mick? Is it more of what the matchups were, or or kind of what's your what's your general feeling about the conference as you look at it right now here on uh, uh, November twelfth?
1: Well, obviously, I think it's a little bit of both with the matchups when you have. Uh, what felt like two really good teams in Avon and Brownsburg that that have the athletes to really contend with some of the top tier uh, programs in the state when they have to face each other week one. Well, the, well there's one powerhouse right. that has to go down, uh, and then then you get you know Brownsburg and Zionsville. which to get against the in conference battle. I mean, you're facing a team. It's always tough to to have to beat a team for a second time that year when they've seen you and they've seen you in the past seasons as well. You kind of know each other, so. That's always tough to do. Uh, I hear a lot of Mick coaches say if you if you want to win a state title, you have to win the Mick again. You have to mm-hmm. go back through the Mick schools yet again and win. That's what makes it so difficult. Um, but, like I said, when the, when, when the dust settles, Carmel, Warren, Ben Davis, Center Grove, your four teams that have won in Class 6A are still yeah. standing. Uh, obviously, Center Grove had, and Ben Davis both had more favorable sectionals, and, and rightfully so where they are geographically, it makes sense. But uh, it, it's always it's always tough to get through that. Warren Central, we thought maybe this was the year their offense had sputtered at best, and uh, Lawrence North was, was coming off big wins against Lawrence Central there, and it felt like they were kind of the hot team. North Central had done well down the stretch, and still Warren Central comes out on top. So I, I, think, I think it shows... Uh, what the culture of winning does for a program, I think. I think it shows uh, the level of coaching that you see as well. That it, it's just so tough to get past some of these teams, and uh, rightfully so. It, the state championship and the road to Lucas still goes through the Mick.
0: Well, and I got a lot of uh, comments on Twitter uh, Friday and then this weekend about, you know, hey, this shows you know Avon and Brownsburg are you know they're not ready mm. for that. And like you said, they they play each other the first game, <laughs> so one of them's going to be gone regardless. And it turned out to be Avon. Now you can say, you know, Brownsburg I think had a golden opportunity slip through yeah. their fingers, and I'm sure, you know, John Hart I haven't talked to him since then, but man, he got to be feeling feeling pretty bad, you know that. You, and they knew Zionsville had been playing better. I actually talked to him Wednesday. I uh, was out there at practice. He felt like they had a great practice that day anyway, and they they were uh, totally focused for Zionsville, not you know overlooking okay. them whatsoever, but. It kind of creeps into your mind a little bit. It makes you wonder uh, how what the mentality was, especially when you're up that like you were, and you let it slip away. And, and uh, you know, kind of a season where you... Brownsburg, I'm sure, looks back at this and says, "Man, you know what a you know, what a chance we had, and what a great season they had yeah. too." But but at the same time, like man. You could be sitting here playing Ben Davis this week, and, and then you know you put your cards on the table in that game and do the best you can, but never got that opportunity.
1: Right, and you said Brownsburg beat Ben Davis in the first game of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. that, that's a game that, that you never know. Both teams are drastically different, Now, if we've played a couple of weeks of football, a couple of months, but uh, still, it's a game that you think you got a chance in that maybe you're you're the favorite in. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's definitely tough for Avon and Brownsburg. Those feel like the two programs that – uh, the last couple seasons have, have really matched up well with MIG programs that have kind of caught the state, uh, they caught their attention, and everyone's kind of recognizing that there, there's there's some players out there. There's, there's some good football being played out there. These guys, I think, really can play with some of the mixed schools. I mean, right. I really do. I, I don't think that, that the distance between those two is as far as it was maybe in the early 2010s. Right,
0: and I think back, too, to that... Uh that Avon Center Grove game a few years ago when Brandon Peters was a senior and one of the best games I've ever seen. And I think it was 2015, and uh, you know, it was it, that game. Seriously, Center Grove will tell you the same thing. It could have gone really, could have gone either way. I mean, mm-hmm. it was I think 35-34, and uh, just a fantastic game. And Titus McCoy made some plays in that game just to keep the drive alive, and just some tough tough runs uh some you know it's kind of a questionable call on one So Avon was right. My point is Avon was right there uh with the team that ended up, you know, going to the state championship game from the Mick and, and you know, so Avon has been in that position before and has shown they can beat. You know, they beat Ben Davis, I think they was that year in the in the tournament Uh, So they've shown that they can beat Mick teams, and Brownsburg has not quite been to that level that Avon's been. But those programs are on the rise, I think, still, and and I think will compete favorably. I don't think it says anything like, you know, gosh, those, you know, they're a bunch of chokers or anything (laughs) like that. I think I think they're right there, uh, knocking on the door, and should make them more hungry, I think, for next year too.
1: I think they, I think they have a foot in the door right now. Uh, They're not knocking; they have a foot in the door. It's just a matter of, of pushing their way in.
0: Right. Well, that's gonna. We're gonna that's gonna wrap up our 6a talk and Logan we talked about 5a Uh, 4a has some some fun uh, stories going on Uh, Ron Colley uh, gets through Lebanon they've had a pretty good draw to this point and I guess we're not totally done talking about the Mick, because Mount Vernon, uh, led by Mike Kirshner, is uh, playing in the in the regional this week in 4A, and Mount Vernon 10-2, uh, and two, and you kind of knew, I wrote about this a little bit Sunday, uh, you kind of knew Mount Vernon was going to get it going under Mike Kirshner, it was just a matter of time, and, and apparently that time is now, because uh, <laughs> they beat uh, Pendleton Heights 21-14 uh, to advance and win the sectional uh, for the first time in seven years on Friday. And now it sets up a really good matchup with uh, with Ron Colley, which is you know they they've been playing really well here lately. Uh, like I said, they had a pretty good draw to get to this point. They they beat Frankfurt, uh, Attics and Lebanon so far, and, and all those games were, were pretty handily uh, won uh, by Scott Marsh's team. So they, they come in riding a six game winning streak, and and uh, Ron Colley of course uh, has has more tradition than Mount Vernon, but uh, on paper this looks like a pretty good matchup with Mike Kirscher's team playing against uh, Ron Colley at home on Friday. Absolutely,
1: and Ron Colley was a team that couldn't buy a game in the first, the first couple yeah. of months there. I mean, they, they were really struggling there and and uh, finally turned it on late, turned that corner. But going to be a tough out against Mount Vernon. I mean, the game, like you said, is at Mount Vernon, and, and obviously the Marauders got – they slipped past Pendleton Heights, which, which was a really tough matchup for a sectional championship. But it, I think it just speaks to the coaching of both teams. Once again, uh, teams that – Get winning coaches in there that have won before can get those guys ready. And uh, I think that game's going to be a lot closer than, than what you would think.
0: That game's on the north side of the uh, 4A bracket. Uh, excuse me, that's the south side of the 4A bracket. That's uh, eight teams left in 4A. The other uh, uh, 4A game in our area, uh, Mooresville has to go all the way cool. down <laughs> to play Evansville Memorial that 'll be a really tough matchup uh, for Mooresville uh, but you know Mooresville coming off a huge win they beat number one uh, East Central 17 to 14 on Friday night and uh, they had the benefit of playing that one at home so you got all these Mooresville's kind of in a scenario here in the yeah. in the sectional and, and regional where you know there's a lot of travel involved so now you have to go down play an Evansville Memorial team uh, that that has been has been so good uh, so tough every year uh, Memorial um, Last year, they they uh, they won the state championship in 2017 in 3A, uh, and they won a regional last year in 3A as well. Semi-state made it to the state championship game and uh, lost to West Lafayette, of course. But uh, this is a program that you know they lost a lot from last year, uh, but one of those one of those programs that always seems to reload and they're always seems they're to be playing. There. Yeah,
1: they're always there. Evans Memorial seems to always be there for sure. And, and like you said, there it's going to be a tough tough game having to travel all the way down to Evansville and then play a really good team as well so uh, it's one of the more intriguing matchups as well in that class and and one that you might slip over when you look at uh, some of the other big names but Mooresville's been playing well and Evansville Memorial's always tough so Uh, I won't mention anything about if they're already traveling, maybe we should just see that. I will refuse, I will refrain from from speaking of that on this podcast, but it's going to be a great matchup.
0: Yeah, it'll be a fun one. I think Mooresville might, you know, they've they've already knocked the number one team out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Memorial last year, if you remember, they played in that epic uh, 47 42 game against West Lafayette, got beat. Uh, They were going, uh, you know, for the repeat there in in, uh, in 3A. So now they're playing 4A, uh, but that won't. that, I don't think that bothers them too much. They play a great schedule, uh, like I said, great coaching, great, great. Really, Evansville's a great football town, anyway. So, a uh, chance for Mooresville to go down there and, and see what they have, and uh, and Mike Gillen's team. Uh, obviously, they have been on the rise for the last couple of years. I think they'll be ready uh, to go in this one, and uh, a chance for them. They they may be the favorite to make it to Lucas Oil Stadium out of that four team group. There, uh, they would have to get through either Ron Collier or Mount Vernon the following week, but. Now, some good stories emerging in class 4A locally. We know, we always talk, Logan, about that being a class where uh, there's some uh, some new blood kind of coming up here and you've got some uh, a team like Ron Colley that obviously has a lot of history but cool to see Mount Vernon and uh, and Mooresville make it this far you
1: no know, it's exactly what we always find ourselves talking about you have the established programs of Evansville Memorial and Ron Colley and then you kind of have the up and coming the baby faces that are that are come new to the scene with Mooresville and Mount Vernon which you know in a couple years are gonna are gonna kind of be premier programs as well so just a matter of when do they make that turn is it this year is it gonna to be next year you never know but you know those teams are gonna be ready to go,
0: and then down in three A, Chitard, uh, boy, that that was uh, they they uh, flexed some muscles against the West Lafayette, forty two to fourteen. Uh, noticed that that score uh, early as I was covering my my game Friday night, and yeah. I was like, well, they're you know we talked about it a lot. They are the real deal. They go to Fort Wayne Concordia uh, Friday night. Concordia a team that that also has a good history, and uh, and they got by per- Peru uh, fifty six to six on Friday night. So two teams that. Uh, come in off blowout wins in the uh, in the sectional, but I think we know by now. Chittard, you know, after what they do to West Lafayette, uh, they're just simply a, a machine right now. And uh, Rob Doyle's got a team that you'll know, then kind of keep their eyes on the prize here. I think they've got a good chance to uh, to to be holding the trophy at the end of it all.
1: I mean, West Lafayette was supposed to be the number one challenger. I mean, that that's what it yeah. felt like. They were supposed yeah. to be the team, and that felt like maybe a cathedral new pal type matchup in, in this class, but. Uh, Shatard wanted none of it, and just yeah. went right through them. I mean, this the the dominant display that Shatard is showing it, it is is amazing in this class. I mean, they definitely are the favorites i don 't know if there's anyone in that class that can even hold within three scores of them
0: yeah and, and credit uh, you know you look back at that cathedral win over 31 thirty one twenty one and like man that 's a really good win you know looking <laughs> back at, at that and I think we knew it that at the time and uh, but I think that really holds water now maybe shows how good cathedral is too
1: mm, absolutely that's what I was going to say i mean uh, we know shatard's no pushover, and it shows the strength of cathedral i mean Winning by ten or losing by ten to Cathedral—it's a good—it's a good loss for I don't want i say good loss for Chitard, but a respectable loss that you put up twenty-one points against Cathedral, a team that's had their way in Class Five A, and I think really puts an emphasis on how good uh, Cathedral is this year as well.
0: And then looky there on the south uh, side of the Three A bracket, Danville seven and five, yeah. and uh, they go to Vincennes Lincoln uh, eight and four on Friday night, and Danville beat Ritter. Thirty-four to seventeen on Friday, and you know Danville sort of a a benefit of uh, of where they are uh, in the bracket. They are playing uh, for a for a regional now, and and, uh, credit to them for taking advantage of it. That it's a team that you know they started out zero and two. Uh, and against two really good teams, Franklin and Mooresville, and, uh, they lost to Tri-West, lost to Western Boone, lost to North Montgomery. All those losses were close, though. They were all within 10 points, uh, so probably better than what their mm-hmm. record uh, indicates. But uh, Casey Woods always does a nice job, and uh, he's got a team here that gets a chance to play uh, for a regional title on Friday night.
1: Hey, I called it on the last podcast. I said, Danville's going to semi-state. <laughs> we're rolling down there. That's, that's, how, that's how it's going to happen. Danville is... It's chugging along, and they have peaked at the right time, playing some really good football. I really like the Danville team.
0: They won the regional in uh, 2017. Uh, played in the semi-state. I covered that game. They played Evansville Memorial actually in 3A. It was a uh, just a terrible. It was a Saturday afternoon game and a really a poor weather uh, situation, and they missed some opportunities in the first half and and kind of let. You know, let uh, Memorial get away from them in the second half and ended up losing that game. Uh, so they've been in this position uh, relatively recently. The senior class now would have been sophomores that year. They ended up losing that game, twenty-eight-seven. But I, I, they were ahead, I believe, at halftime. It was close, maybe seven to seven, and then it kind of got away from them. Uh, like I said, in the second half. Uh, the lights went out for a while. It was one of those weird, <laughs> weird weather. Uh, one of the colder days. I can. I always remember the cold days, Logan. I think that means I'm, I'm getting older. But uh, anyway, Danville's kind of been in this situation. I think they're in a good position to advance and uh, and get the uh, the golden ticket to maybe play Chittar next week for uh, in the semi state with a chance to go to Lucas Hall Stadium.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say golden ticket is a good way of describing <laughs> that. You maybe get the honor of facing Bishop Chittard. So. Uh, you know, anything can happen. First, you got to get past, you got to get past regionals and work your way there. But that's why they play the game. Anything can happen.
0: Class two A, another really good matchup. Heritage Christian, uh, coming off a really strong win over Socina, twenty seven to eight on Friday, and uh, they'll play Western Boone team uh, that won fifty six fourteen over South Vermillion. And uh, Western Boone, of course, the defending state champions and. Uh, they're really getting it going again under Justin Pelly. Uh, Kyle Ray from uh, Heritage Christian has a really good group this year. Harrison Eckel is their standout uh, receiver. Really good offense, but I think defensively is kind of uh, you know shutting down Socina like they did last week. Kind of shows where how far this program has come from a uh, just a, a strength standpoint, uh, and uh, always have good skill positions it seemed like, but uh, defensively have kind of turned it on here.
1: Yeah, Heritage Christian had a tough sectional to get through, and we know Socina one of the top teams in the class as well, so. Uh, Heritage Christian kind of rolling through and how they did getting past Eastern Hancock and Cecina. I mean that that that's always tough to do and uh, this may be two of the best teams this may this could be kind of again it feels like maybe a one versus two matchup with Western Boone and Heritage Christian everyones this one has a golden opportunity to make it to Lucas Oil
0: and then the winner of that game will play either Evansville modern day or Triton Central uh Triton Central will host modern day and that'll be a 730 start on Friday night in the uh, in the 2a uh, regional there, Triton Central uh, took advantage they they uh, moved down in their sectional, played a lot of southern teams, beat Providence twenty to nothing last week always a really good defensive team under uh, Tim Abel and again they are they are that again this year so Triton Central seems like one of those programs they're always playing late in the tournament as well and kind of took advantage of maybe a little bit down of a sectional this year Uh, but they get the opportunity to host uh, modern day on Friday night
1: yeah you never know exactly what modern day is going to be like some of those smaller schools from Evansville you know they're going to be tough but you never have quite a great idea on on how they're going to play but uh, definitely an advantage for Triton Central getting to host and not having to make that drive down there Friday night.
0: A uh, huge game in 1A out of our area on Friday would be South Adams at Adams Central. That's uh, 12 and 0 at 12-0 yeah. and at 11-1. and Those two teams have been uh, kind of eyeing each other uh, all season since uh, South Adams beat them earlier in the year. That was the only loss uh, Adams Central had this year. And then the uh, local team still playing, and we've talked about them a lot on this podcast, is Lutheran. Uh, Marcus McFadden and the uh, Saints are 11 and 0. They they uh, defeated Park Tudor 49-6 last week. Uh, got the running clock cranked up, and this will be a rematch. When they played North Vermilion of a game last year, North Vermilion won uh, in the semi-state, 14 to 7. And North Vermilion beat uh, one of the games of the year. I was kind of following Rick uh, Semler from Terre Haute on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday, they scored late, beat Park Heritage, 42 to 40. Uh, Park Heritage, I, I went out this year and wrote a story about them, a consolidated school uh, that has uh, probably over overachieved, and they, it's so close. It had to be heartbreaking for those guys, but. Uh, North a now comes over, and Brian Crabtree, who's had a lot of success there at North Emilia, uh, Lutheran will get a chance to host them on Friday night, and, and what should really be a, a great uh, matchup.
1: No, absolutely, and like I said, it's always great hosting a regional as well. I feel like you get an upper hand, and we follow Lutheran all year, and undefeated rolling into this one, uh, definitely one of the favorites.
0: Yeah, they've kind of got to that semi-state uh, area several times and just haven't been able to, uh, to cross through and make it uh, to Lucas Oil Stadium. I think this might be their year or the other game. Is North Decatur at uh, West Washington, so both those teams eleven and one. The winner of that game will play either Lutheran or North of Million next week with a chance to uh, to advance to Lucasola Stadium on the line uh, in that game. So that kind of lines you up for all the games and the coming in the regional on uh, Friday night. And uh, Logan, what are you what are you kind of looking forward to on Friday the most, and, and where you what's your plans uh, for for uh, Friday?
1: Yeah, the Big Network's going to be at uh, Warren Central, be covering Center Grove and Warren Central in that regional. I think that, that's going to be just such a fun matchup with those two teams, the history between those two teams, especially uh, when it comes to playing in the playoffs as well. So, uh, you know, Coach Moore and Coach West are going to have their own dogfight and coaching-wise trying to get those guys ready. Two uh, very different teams. Center Grove usually is, you know, kind of – running the triple option and, and guys under center, running the ball. Now they're running out of shotgun. Warren Central was used to throwing the ball all the time. Now they're running a pro-style offense. I mean, two very different teams this year, different identities, but still a lot of tradition there. So uh, that That's a game I'm really looking forward to. And, and I want to see as well uh, uh, how, how Ben Davis plays. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how are they going to play against Zinesville? They, they really weren't tested in sectionals. Are they going to be ready to go? Are those legs going to be ready to run and, and get rolling? Because Zinesville is a, 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 a team that can uh, pull an upset, <laughs> we saw them do it against Brownsburg. They're at home. Uh, that's a team that Ben Davis is going to want to make sure uh, they're they're ready for.
0: Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward, of course, to seeing uh, firsthand the New Powell Cathedral mm-hmm. game, but also kind of following along uh, with some of those bigger games uh, in the area as well. I can't wait uh, for Friday night, and uh, hopefully, we had some. You know, some decent weather and uh, you know the best we can get. Hopefully it's a little warmer than it is today, but uh, we'll take whatever we get and make the best of it. That's what we do. We're tough. We're we're uh, we're grinded out type of guys, right, Logan?
1: Yeah, exactly. But but we never mind. We won't complain if there's heat in the press box. <laughs>
0: <laughs> never. Uh, sandwich and some heat, that'll that'll do. Uh, well, thanks a lot for joining us again. We'll—I'll uh, be out at the Cathedral New Pal on Friday for the 5A regional. Should be a lot of fun, uh, but a lot of ga- a lot of great games. Get out and watch uh, these these uh, these great teams as we get closer. And Logan, also, uh, what's your guys' plan? I know you have some basketball plans this week as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we have some girls basketball at Star and Warren Central and Cathedral. We're covering that game, and uh, we're looking forward to, to tuning in and finding out. Uh, what Lawrence North can do. The Lady Wildcats went to Bankers Live Fieldhouse last year. We're going to be covering them closely as well. So already some shakeup in in the girls' basketball. Fisher's looking strong. You see Brownsburg looking strong. So HSC dropped already to Center Grove at the beginning of the year. So uh, it really, it's anyone's bet.
0: It's all happening. It's all happening here. So appreciate you uh, joining us again. And we'll be back again next week to break down uh, what should be a really fun uh, semi-state and then uh, kind of look ahead to what we might see at Lucas Oil Stadium the weekend of thanksgiving so uh we'll be back again with you next week thanks